Hello and welcome to a special post-match Canadian Premier League newsroom podcast. Christian Jack, Charlie O'Connor Clark. It is past midnight here at Eastern Time, but we're staying up, we're partying, we're having fun. It is almost 1 a.m. Friday morning edition of the newsroom podcast. And uh, the final whistle just went and Pacific FC 4, Vancouver Whitecaps 3. A classic cup tie, one that I just smiled throughout the entire game. And I'll be honest, of course, we want it, we, we like Pacific to do well. We're covering them on, on this league, but it didn't matter to me. I just had a big smile on my face, Charlie. First place to start is that this happened in Canada in 2021 with all we've been through and all we dream about. We watched cup ties all around the world and we had our own and we had a cup set. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, it's that it's this late at night. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to bed after, because that's just a kind of game that's really special anywhere in the world, right? You, the atmosphere at Starlight Stadium was tremendous. It's a local derby, even though they've never played each other before, and it's just from a footballing level, that's one of the most entertaining games I've seen in a while. Yeah, I, I don't even know really where to start with it because it's just just such an incredible night you know for soccer especially in this country but i think there's highlights from that game that should be going viral all over the world yeah it's a really good point you know because we could be sitting here talking about what a breathtaking storyline is and almost lose sight of how the game played out that was a yeah. fun match like yeah. i just i mean i know you wrote in your analysis i just wrote as well the ball never seemed to stop it was just going and going. And that obviously played into Pacific strengths as well, because that was the style of match that they wanted. Mark DeSantis talked a little bit about that. They couldn't get in the rhythm of the game. They couldn't really ignite any attacks because of chasing down second balls and everything. But the speed of the game, I wondered whether they could carry on. I don't know about you at halftime. I'm like, can this carry on mm-hmm. all the way through? But this team, particularly with the 10 purple shirts, just carried on the tempo from whistle to whistle, Charlie. Yeah, it was just incredible how, you know, from like 30 seconds into the game, right to the 98th, 99th minute. I think we went up to by the end there. Yeah, Pacific just did not stop running. Not for a single second. It was just incredible how much they wanted to get the ball whenever Vancouver had it. They'd try to play out of the back, which probably wasn't something that they should have been still trying to do at the end. But that's a that's a question for the Whitecaps fans to <laughs> consider. Correct. As they're, already, as they're already doing on Twitter. But... uh just Pacific had so much energy and this is clearly a game that they've had circled on their calendar since they got the schedule. You know, it's, it's been the matchup they've wanted since the club was founded and they were just up for it from the get go. And, you know, you can't say for a second that this wasn't completely well-earned because they outplayed a, a team with a much bigger budget, a team with a longer history and a team that, you know, on paper were the favorites for this game. Yeah, we're going to get into some of that stuff in a second in terms of how you know you reacted to it. You wrote your analysis piece. I want to hear from... I haven't had a chance to read it yet because we just came on straight after the game, but I want to hear what some of your points were. Before we do that, and we'll get to the long-term effects of this game and where it really historically stands from a Canadian soccer point of view as well in a second, but I think for me, one thing that stood out, Charlie, that was in these games, and we've watched so many of them around the world, right? FA Cup ties, it doesn't matter where. I think when the when the bigger team goes down and then they come back, you almost expect like a wilting 
eventually from the team, you know, the underdog team, right? Here yeah. comes Goliath. And 1-0 led to 1-1. And then you thought, okay, here we go, right? That's what I certainly felt. And then they went to 2-1. And then the Whitecaps started to come back in the game. But then they went to 3-1. And even at 3-1, 3-2 happens. And still no Wilton. They got a 4-2. It was almost like no matter what the Whitecaps did, no matter what, how much they punched Pacific, Pacific just had way more of a punch back, back to them. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's exactly what it was. I mean, I think one of the best examples of that Goliath Cub taking over after going down. Remember in the Gold Cup, Martinique, I think, scored first against Canada. That's right. And then, you know, Canada took over and they played very well and they scored, I think, four more goals after that to win the game. Yeah. And, you know, that absolutely could have happened here when, especially when Pacific concede that equalizer so quickly after going up. You know, that is a kind of moment that takes the wind out of your sails a little bit. I know that the stadium had a little bit of its energy sucked out by that goal, which, you know, we can we can argue about whether or not it was a foul or whatever, but the goal stood and it was a tied game at the end of it. So it could have been a moment that really gave the Whitecaps the edge and, and you know, made things go a very different way, but it didn't because Pacific really didn't get down on themselves. They still felt like there was a lot for them in this game. They knew they'd been playing well up to then and, they again they did not stop running not not for a second <laughs> oh, they didn't you you mentioned the stadium and that played a major part in the game for me because you know the optically it just looked like a cup tie straight away right the small mm-hmm. ground everyone on the top i thought uh, how do i how do i word this in a in a pleasant way i know it's late <laughs> sometimes in canadian soccer at any level of a game sometimes fans do not play a part in the game where European fans have. Sometimes you just get this mindless chanting at certain times. It just comes from nothing. It doesn't really mean anything. Or sometimes you get, you'll get a wave going on. It doesn't really mean... I thought this fan base at Starlight Stadium, they were into every long ball, every second ball, every fierce tackle, every shot. They knew when Pacific needed their lift. They they responded. There was a moment five minutes into the game where, where Hodgepole went straight through Ryan Gold and the fans were up and into yeah. it and gone. And I'm like, bang, that's what you need right there in a cup tie. Pacific players won that match, but without that fan base, and we know what it's like, by the way, it's not that long since we've seen games without fans. We know what it felt like. Without that fan base tonight, they wouldn't have been able to do that. I thought it was an unbelievable performance by the fans. Absolutely. I mean, if this game is at BC Place, it's a completely different story, probably. And that's not even to take anything away from Pacific FC as a football club, because it it absolutely still could have been a very good match, a very close match they could have won. But there was just that energy tonight at Starlight Stadium that was really special. I think I I mentioned this from a footballing perspective in, in my story on the website, but from the fans as well, you know, 30 seconds into this game, Pacific play this kind of routine clearance up into the left channel. It kind of just bounces towards the the end line. And you're saying, okay, this is Max Cropo is going to come out and play this. They're going to play out of the back and Vancouver is going to have a lot of possession. But Josh Hurd, just 40 yard sprint down the left touchline to win the throw in. And just the crowd just immediately perks up. You know, it's 30 seconds in. People are still maybe settling into their seats a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You see that sometimes, but they see this happen. They see this energy from the players on the pitch. And they just feed that energy right back. Mm. It was kind of a give and take sort of situation where the players fed off that, but the better they played, the louder it got. And I, I'm not sure how many times we've seen that. It was just 
so special, and I can't I can't stop saying that. Yeah, it was not a night to show up late for your first game for the, for the game, right? <laughs> it wasn't a night. You, you didn't see any fans like going out to get their chicken fingers twenty five minutes into a match. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes. go line up for a beer for forty minutes. Like this was the this was a proper game on the edge of your seat. Uh, you mentioned your piece there. What else caught your eye? What else did you write there in your analysis? Yeah, well, I, I think the thing that we haven't even brought up yet is that Pacific were missing their best player, right? Right. With Marco Bustos just announced slightly before the game, he's got this injury, didn't play, which is crushing, you know, for the club and especially for him because we know how much this would have meant to him. But, you know, Pacific, when they have him in the lineup, play a lot of those attacks along that right side with Bustos and Caden Chung making those overlaps. But I think probably well over half of Pacific's dangerous attacks in this game came down that left, yeah, which were Josh Hurd and Jordan Haynes on that side with a very different combination. And I think Pacific gave her the keys to kind of be that creative primary winger. And it really was working out for them. It was, it was maybe something that Vancouver didn't expect, I think, because they might have planned to try and put a lot of their attention on that other side of the pitch where they were probably expecting to see Bustos. Mm. And instead, Pacific comes down this left side. Josh Hurd is too much for them to handle. Manny Aparicio comes over to that side quite a lot to play off of him. And Jordan Hange is tremendous as well. I think he was first in Pacific on, in touches in this game. And just the way that they were able to kind of show that little bit, little bit of a tactical thing that Pacific or Vancouver probably weren't expecting. It really went a long way in, in you know, a game with fine margins, a one-off cup tie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That one-off cup tie thing, you just can't get it out of my head, right? Because even when yeah. we've had these games before, even 2019, right? I, 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 and the last thing I want to talk about now is comparing 2019 to 2021. I've got no appetite for that. I don't care whether one thinks it's a bigger game. It doesn't matter to me, mm-hmm. right? This is this is 2021 now. Many things have happened. That was two years ago, and by the way, it feels like five. So yeah. it's not. I don't think it needs to happen. I don't know about you think, Charlie, but for me, it's an isolated thing. That 2019 was successful just like this one. Yeah, there's, there's no need to diminish any sorts of accomplishments by comparing them to others like they can completely stand on their own and they're very different situations this is a very different situation to you know in 2019 when cavalry beats the white caps it's the cpl's first adventure into the canadian championship and the the first you know meeting with these mls sides and obviously york did very well against montreal as well in that same round of the competition but this was a completely different level you know i think five of Pacific starters tonight used to be Whitecaps players right, at, least yeah. at, at the youth level or Josh Hurd was drafted by them. You know, so many of these players are from BC. I, I all, all but one of Pacific starters were Canadian, which can't be said of Vancouver. Right. Um, it was just such a special night for so many reasons. And even off the pitch, just in terms of what it meant to, to the community and to the club and, to soccer in the province as a whole. There's just so many different storylines that just make this just a perfect kind of occasion, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think per- it really is. Perfect indeed. And you know, as I wrote, never ever underestimate a group who've been given another chance, right? Like this is yeah. the, they never, the, the, you never know you're going to get it. 
right? You go down, you mentioned the five players, you, know, you go play for Pacific. You never know if you're ever going to play against the Whitecaps again. You just you yeah. don't you don't know you're going to get that moment. And that's how they played, right? They played like yeah. they never thought they would get that chance again. They played like it was their game of their lives. And again, it's about, you know, we all talk about systems and shapes and X's and O's. And many times I'm fascinated by that. And a lot of times we do, there's rights to talk about that. And that's how games are won and lost. But a game like that was won and lost by a team who wanted it more. They wanted it more. They chased it more. And they they went out there and they were not going to be beat, right? That was the difference. Yeah. No, 100%. And I think you see a Pacific team in this game with a bit of a chip on their shoulders, a lot of them. They mm. feel, I think, the way Pamadou Ka explained it in, in his pre-match comments were that they are kind of the little brother to the big brother side in BC, right? And... So they come into this game feeling a little bit like David versus Goliath, but they've got 5,000 friends helping them behind them. But just the way that they come into this game, all of these players who wanted to play against the Whitecaps specifically, a lot of them are players who, you know, for lack of a better explanation, were told at one point in their career that they weren't, the Whitecaps didn't want them, right? So they they were cut from the team, they had to move on, and they found this new opportunity for many of them to play in their home province still. And it's just so special for them to get back at that club. And I think, you know, we, we saw, for example, in the attack in this game, we saw Taron Campbell start and he did tremendously well. He is a former white cap where, you know, Alejandro Diaz, who might've been the other option for that spot, didn't start. He might not have had the same kind of connection in this game. Exactly. You know, Campbell comes in, he scores that penalty in like the eighth minute. And you could just see it on his face when he was stepping up to take it. Just, how much it meant to him to have this opportunity. It was just across the board. Pacific did, I think, as you said, they wanted it. They did. They wanted it. And, uh, you know, what I love about Palmer Ducar too, is that after the game, he didn't really want to talk because he knew that it was, <laughs> and that's the thing about Paul. He's done a lot of talking this week, obviously beyond the pitch with me, a lot of interviews, a lot of, a lot of discussion about it. And, it. and I understand why he does that, right? Like he's the, he's yeah. the face of the franchise. He's the one in the press conferences, um, you know, but he's the first to tell you that players win games, right? He was the first to say that after the game. You know, he didn't want it to be. He was like, "When can we stop doing this? We want to go celebrate." By the way, he dressed like he was going to a party tonight. He dressed like he was going to a wedding or something. I don't know. Fancy party. Yeah. That was a fancy, <laughs> fancy suit that he had on tonight. Uh, but you know, you got to say that he allowed those players to go out there and express themselves. And and this is obviously Pa's journey as well. No, I mean, former white cap. He knew he he could relate to those players. Right. And that's what makes yeah. it no disrespect. And they've, and they've had coach before who didn't necessarily have that connection. Here's Pa with the journey he's been on that could relate to it. Right. White caps to Pacific. And, you know, he was asked for his opening comments in the press conference. Anyone who missed it, he just said, <laughs> thank you for his purple. Yep. <laughs> Put it as simple as purple. that, Charlie. That's it's, it's a great connection that he's got there with his players. You can see they went out there and, and, and performed for him. Yeah, it was really fun, I think, having Pa sitting next to Josh Hurd in that press conference, because I think there is one point where Pa was asked, you know, how did you guys break down the Vancouver defense? And he says, I don't know. And he looks at Josh and says, how did you guys do that? (laughs) Right? I know. Right? Which is exactly what you're getting at. He is, you know, a player's coach. And I think it is a very helpful thing for this team, especially a younger team, to have a, a coach like Pa who has played in a lot more cup games than any of them have, certainly in his career. Yes. And 
places all over the all over the world and he knows you know how to win these games right how to act in these games even if you are the underdog he's even played in pretty big cup games for vancouver oh yeah right big ones um and he was kind of able to convey this message to them of just you go out there i I can set you up i can give you a shape to stand in i can tell you some things about the other team but it's your job to go out there and to win the ball off them to press them and to score the goals and no pacific did it you could see even on the bench when you the camera would pan to the pacific bench after they scored and just all of the players pause going around hugging everybody just it means so much to this team and it's just amazing to see i think a win tonight would have been monumental either way for pacific but i think it needs to be said that the white caps wanted it right their yeah. 11 was strong maxime Cropo in a lot of cup competitions around the world their second goalkeeper gets the chance to play in those games they played maxime Cropo. they played yeah. max Cropo, Canada, one of canada's best goalkeepers who's going to the world cup squad they played him they played ryan gold from the start you know this is a player as i wrote is worth more than the pacific fc team combined Right, he's just they, they played him in, 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 in attacking midfield. They played a team you could easily see play in an MLS game every week. It wasn't there was yeah. no kids out there. There's players out there with all MLS experience, and that makes it sweeter. I mean, it makes it more frustrating if you're a Whitecaps fan. <laughs> but from yeah. our point of view here in the Canadian Premier League newsroom podcast, I think if you're Palmer Ducani, finally puts his head down on the pillow tonight, I think he goes, "They gave us their best, and we had our best, and we beat them." Absolutely. They absolutely did. I think they had their leading scorer, Christian Dahomey, out there as well. And that's the first time Ryan Gold has started for this team. Right. Right. He's their marquee designated player signing. He's an incredibly talented player. And, you know, we saw that from him tonight. I think he was maybe the only Whitecaps player that <laughs> was really able to do much. And, you know, right. I, I'm a little confused why he didn't take the penalty at the end there. Yeah. To complete the hat trick. But, you know, that that doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, this is a Whitecaps team who definitely wanted it. And they put out this roster despite being in a very, very tight playoff race in the league. Mm. A team that really needs to come out and win again. I think they play on Sunday in back in MLS. But this is a team that, you know, has only won the Canadian Championship once. They were knocked out of it by a CPL team last time they were here and it was a very frustrating experience for them, and they really, really, really did not want it to happen again. Yeah. yeah. So they they figured, you know, we won't put anything to chance. We'll play the best we've got. We will put out all of our stars as, or as many as as we think we can we can play in this game. And it still didn't work because Pacific just had more than them. And I think it's just a tremendous credit to Pacific and not even a knock on Vancouver because I I don't think that they were. I don't think that they, it's not that they didn't have their heads in the game. It's not that they, you know, weren't into it. It's just a Pacific had that little bit extra, that little energy more that Vancouver really didn't have in this game. Yeah. And that probably answers the question. We asked for some questions and statements here. Uh, James Blick says, uh, a question I have is, did you perceive Pacific punching above their weight or more as the white cap stumbling? And I think Charlie, you kind of answered that, right? Yeah, I think, I think it really is more Pacific punching up a little bit if that's how we I want agree to say with it. you 
Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It has to be. No, I mean, they went to another level tonight that only knockout football really can do. Right. I mean, we love the Canadian Premier League. They've come a long way. They're top of the table. Of course, a lot of those players have been shining in the Canadian Premier League. Uh, but on the when the game's on the line and the big night, the, the lights are on, the big night, the big stage, of course, you can go to another level that you're not necessarily going to get up for in random game number 13 midweek at, in, you know, at Cavalry, for example. Not to downplay those yeah. games, but there's always the, you know, the weight of the game brings out the bigger performer. No, and we saw that tonight, particularly with some key players that, you know, I don't want to name check anybody because I thought they were all great, but Manny Aparicio played like a man possessed tonight. Mm -hmm. You know, a different level of player that we've seen so far during his trying to find his fitness in the Canadian Premier League. Just one example of that, Charlie. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely not the kind of performance that I think you can afford to bring out in a league match because that's such a long campaign. This is definitely, you know, a performance that, really required a lot of a lot of energy a lot of stamina i mean as an aside i'm sure valor fc is looking at <laughs> looking at this game and saying all right all right we're coming here on sunday <laughs> <laughs> yeah you uh, might be we'll a little bit of, it might be a good time to play them yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll yeah. see if they've got anything in the tank after that but That's true yeah there are players that step up in these moments i mean i think even with manny aparicio specifically when he played against montreal in that that 2019 Canadian championship. Again, it was a similar sort of performance. He brought out so much of, you know, his, his best. And he really is a player that lives for these big games. And I think Pacific across the board seem to be, they haven't had a lot of these kinds of games, right? Cause they went out early in the Canadian championship last time. Right. And they were still trying to find their footing against a cavalry side that at that time was pretty much just unbeatable very early in that season. Mm. So, Pacific hasn't had a whole lot of these sorts of tests and they just passed this one to flying colors. Jason asks, will it be interesting to see if Pacific can maintain that level of focus and intensity into the next round? <laughs> if so, they will be unstoppable. They were great tonight. Aparicio, man of the match in my books, as he just kind of agreed with what you had to say. Um, will they have that level of focus and intensity against Cavalry in the next round? Mm, probably not, but that <laughs> might be okay. You know, that yeah. might be okay. I, I, look, I, again, you know, they can. We can all say they should have it. We can all say, but at the end of the day, what did Maxine Cripo say to me this week? We expect them to be coming with the knife in their teeth and blood in their eyes, and they played like that tonight. Yeah. Like no, no, that no disrespect to Cavalry in a quarterfinal or anybody else in a semi or a final. You can never get blood in your eyes and knife in your teeth when you're chasing down something like a trophy. It's about where you've been before, no? It's that burning desire to prove people wrong and 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 get that last chance that you have against somebody. And that was the fuel that ignited them tonight and a fuel that no matter what the Whitecaps tried to find, they could never get in their engine, Charlie. Absolutely. I mean, you can you can tell that Max Cripo has been listening to John Herdman a lot, right? Because that sounds <laughs> kind of like something that he would say. Right, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, this is it's going to be very difficult to to top that, and it'll be interesting to see where this next round is played. Mm. I, I think I don't think we don't I don't think we know yet whether it's going to be in Calgary or on Vancouver Island. And you know, Cavalry have shown in the past that they are capable of doing similar sorts of things, pulling out performances like that in in a one match sort of situation. But yeah, that you can't say enough just how much Pacific 
put into this game and how much they wanted that because it just really was their night and it was a truly special night with you know the eyes of kind of the whole country on them they really got a lot of people's attention with that performance i think i think one of the things that Ka said after was you know we had so many people here cheering us on we really hope that a lot of them go home and they want to see more from this right. team right right because you you come to this game and i don't think there if there's anybody in the stands there that's that's their first pacific game I don't think it'll be their last. No, it's a great point. How can you not how can you not want to go back, right? And then this is the thing that I kind of wrote this too. This is why the Canadian Premier League needs to happen, mate. Right? This is why yeah. it needs to continue. This is why people dreamed of these the, the, these franchises, these moments, these special organizations to go out there and produce something like this. Halifax Wanderers will get their chance next. CF Montreal, York will go to be Mobile against TFC. They've had against Montreal. These moments that they're having, this is why other people dreaming of creating pr- franchises in our league will do that because of how contagious that feeling is. They want that feeling, right? They want to be able to create squads to go toe-to-toe with MLS teams and beat them in one-off games like that. So that's that. That's why that this system in place and this culture that we're trying to bring in, in this country is happening. And that's why it's, it needs to happen. And look, the, the result was special tonight. The moment it kicks off, as I said, I had a smile on my face. And the Whitecaps could have won 3 0. And I thought I would have thought it would have been a wonderful night for the Canadian Premier League anyway and the Canadian soccer culture. But that right there is 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 exactly why this league is happening and why it's flourishing, Charlie. It is. Uh, this this Canadian championship competition has taken on such a life of its own in the two years that the two years properly that the CPL teams have been in it, right? It's just been so special for Canada to have this cup competition. I mean, we we've seen it all over the world in football, how special it is for teams that are in the middle of their seasons. Even if they're having a tough season in the league, yeah. they can come into say the FA cup or, you know, Copa del Rey or, or something like that. And they can just have a really magical night under the lights. They're usually, they're usually these midweek ties. It's just, it's just the beauty of this game, right? It's just something that is truly special, you know, anywhere you see it. And if you're Pacific FC, if you're trying to sign a player, trying to recruit a player, you show them a video of tonight, just even a picture. Right. That helps your case a lot, I think. Oh, does it ever? <laughs> does, does does it ever? And now, if your final word maybe for Marco Bustos, who didn't get to play tonight, if you get to play in that quarterfinal, or if you get your team can get through, and then maybe then you might have a semifinal against an MLS team, you may still get your big stage, right? That, that I'm sure that Bustos will be uh, will be praying for a moment like that. Obviously, difficult for him to miss a game like that against his former yeah. team, but he'll be still hoping for a moment like that. And as you said, and you wrote to perform like that without your best player, and nobody would say that he's not. He is their best player. Again, a very special night for Pacific FC. Charlie, uh, I should let you go to sleep, mate. Thanks for staying <laughs> up late for us. Great work again in your in your outstanding analysis. On the website uh, you can check that out at campl.ca benedict rose is also writing, writing a piece for us on what mark DeSantis, palmadu car and the player said afterwards as usual campl.ca you're home for all of the canadian premier league and canadian soccer news big week next week as well uh as the canadian men's national team have announced their world cup squad three games in eight days starting on september the 2nd at home to honduras charlie that was fun thanks for this mate Uh, Good luck again, and we'll chat with you soon. Thanks for everybody. Enjoy the games, and we'll chat with you soon.